0: Good morning, everybody. My name is Alvin. For those of you who are here for the first time, I serve as a lead pastor here at the church. I'm really glad you're here. Got a lot that we're going to cover today. I'm actually really excited to share um, some updates and some vision. But um, I would love for us to just sing one more time to God before we get into the word, before we get into all the information. I just think we should bless him. Another time with worship. Um, so let's sing another round of Goodness of God. Let's do that together. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I of the goodness of okay. God. Let's do that one more time. All my life. I will sing. I will sing. The amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, repeat these words after me if you can. Say, say the, word the, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. Well, I'm glad you are here on this uh, beautiful morning, rainy morning, but still beautiful. Um, we got a lot, like I said, I want to share. Uh, one is uh, we got uh, some great survey results from last week. For those of you who were here, we even took out some time during the service to get feedback from all of you. Um, we announced that due to the growth, Happening in our church, we are going to launch a third service for uh, Sunday mornings. Yeah, And uh, we wanted to know the times that you preferred so we can factor these things into our decision. Um, we got some great feedback, not just the answers, but even just the comments. And um, I love, I love hearing from you and the staff. We got to just sit through it all and talk. And um, we came up with what we believe is going to reflect what we heard back from you all. Um, it's good to know that we're all uh, in agreement. Now I can't promise that you know all of the results are going to be everybody's favorite because you know we're a big church. But hopefully you'll see yourself reflected um, in what we come up with. I'm going to share it, but I'm not. I'm, I'm going to share it at the end of the service today. So stay tuned. Um, but before we get into the word. Uh, before we get into that, we'll get into the word. Uh, today is Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, we've been promoting this day as Vision Sunday. It's where I really talk about the vision of our church, uh, the vision for our church. For those of you who are here, so you can know where we're headed and where we're going. For those of you who are thinking about being here, so you can uh, hear what our vision is and you can make a decision if. if That sounds like something that you want to be a part of. Um, I'll start off first with just the general vision, which is following Jesus, building leaders. This has been our banner pretty much since the beginning. Um, Following Jesus and building leaders is why Nashville Life is here. Um, There's a lot of churches in our city. There's a lot of great ones. Um, And that was one of the questions we had when the Lord put on my parents' heart to to start this this ministry was you know why another church you know and specifically what we felt was that there was a need for more leaders in the kingdom of God there was a need for more disciples in the kingdom of God people who have built the discipline to not only lead their own lives following Jesus but to lead others to Jesus as well apparently there was a a great need for that and God has called Nashville Life to help with that cause of building more leaders for Jesus and the kingdom. So that's our vision. We do that through a series of four steps here. We want everyone here to experience four things. The first thing is to know God. We want you to know God. We want you to have a personal spiritual relationship with god your heavenly father and the way the bible tells you that that happens is through jesus christ we as people have to come to a place in our hearts where we choose to believe that god had a son and his name is jesus and that jesus was born in the flesh he was born of a human being And he walked this earth for a few decades and and died on the cross for our sins and shed his blood, and his blood had the power to forgive us and cleanse us of our sins and break the chains of darkness that's on the life of a human being. And, and when he was resurrected, when he rose from the grave, he had this authority where he has earned this title of king of kings and lord of lords. And, and when a human being decides to make him their personal king and their personal lord, that the Holy Spirit reconciles them with God and gives them access to God the Father. And, and that is what we want everyone to experience once you know God, once you make that personal decision for yourself, um, the next step is for you to make that decision public. And that's where baptism comes in. We believe in water baptism. That is making your decision public, sharing with the body of Christ and sharing with the world that I identify with Christ, that I have died to who I used to be and now I'm alive in his spirit. And we would like for everyone to be baptized, not because we want it, but because we believe the word of God tells us to do it. First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3, verse 21 says, And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you. And it says, not by removing dirt from your body. When you get in the water, it's not about washing your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience, it is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we believe in in being baptized. We want all of you all to experience it. We offer it every fifth Sunday here at our church. Our next one will be April the 30th. So If you haven't been water baptized and you do identify as a follower of Jesus, I'm going to ask you to to let us know so we can get you on the list and make a plan to be here April the 30th. You can tell your friends and family and we would love to to baptize you in in the beauty of this community and the spirit of celebration you can text NL Baptism to 77411 and that'll get you on our list so you can be water baptized and it's always a, a fun day it's always a exciting day because of what it represents and what it is that you're saying when you make that choice um so we want you to know god after you know god the next step is we want you to find freedom Finding freedom is essential to your future. God has a divine plan and a divine purpose for every individual in this room. And it's, it's, it's glorious. It really is. It's glorious. But until we are free from the issues of our past and free from the hang-ups and the habits and the addictions and the mindsets and the vices, it really prevents us from fulfilling and even enjoying the plans of God for our lives. So we teach freedom not so much as a way to glorify your addictions and your past, but to really just leave these things in the past so that your future can be all that God wants it to be. Um, We minister freedom at Nashville Life primarily through our life groups, We believe that when people are in small groups, we can interact in a way that is different than here on Sunday with the big group. There's a lot of more interaction. There's a lot more sharing. It's a lot easier to feel like you have people in your corner, people in your life, people who are sharing in this journey with you uh, to pursue your future. I believe a person who walks in in the community, um, especially in a small group setting, has a lot more of a success rate at walking free and living free because you're doing it with others. Um, Without that small group kind of experience, we as human beings can tend to isolate. And when you're isolated, you're so much more vulnerable to the deceptions and the attacks of the enemy and even the voice of your past. Um, and I believe that when you surround yourself with people who have that forward goal and who have that standard of, of walking in the promises of God, you create an environment which provides you so much more uh, support and your chance of success is just just incredibly greater. So we love life groups. We have several ones that we offer. We've got ones that are specific to interests and stages of life, and I support all of them. They have a great process that we go through. They've gone through the training, and we've got a a great process that makes me feel very confident about everybody who is leading a life group. Um, But there is one that I think that everyone should experience at least one Semester, and that is our freedom life group. Um, I love all of them, but there is one in particular that I would love. Even if you, you know, are invested in marriage life groups, or you um, love a certain, like you know, a certain interest life group, I ask for everyone to just set aside one semester, one semester for experiencing the freedom. Curriculum. I, belo- I love how it's laid out. I taught it for a couple of semesters. Now we've got other great leaders that are leading it. Um, I really believe in the content and the way it is delivered. Um, and it's just, it's just good, it's just truth. And I've seen more importantly the fruit of it from people who have walked through the Freedom Life Group. So we offer it every semester. We are currently in the beginning of our spring semester. Um, so if you would like to be a part of a life group and you are open to the importance of it, I ask you to go online and just see the ones that we offer so that you can get on board and, and, and find some, some brothers and some sisters to, to support you and for you to support them You know, for some of you guys who don't think you need it, um, that's cool, Um, but maybe somebody needs you. You know, I don't agree with you that you don't need it, but I'll go with you, I'll go with you. For those of you who don't think you need it, be open to the fact that somebody needs you. You know, for some of y'all, that's what does it, you know? So (laughs) if that's what does it, go and be needed, Um, because you are, and I don't mean that facetiously. I believe that you are needed to support somebody else, Um, And I think you're going to secretly find out that you need them to support you, too. But I'll let you discover that on your own in God's timing. Um, After you find freedom, the next thing we want you to do is discover your purpose. Like I said, all of us have a divine purpose, but so few of us have discovered what that is. And when you don't know your purpose, you are so much more likely to misuse your life and to allow others to misuse your life. I and mean, we really, as a body of Christ, want to decrease uh, the misuse and the abuse of life. And I truly believe that the antidote to misusing your life is knowing your purpose. Knowing why you were born. Knowing why you were saved. And when you understand your purpose, it liberates you to just... Incredible potential, incredible promises. It opens you up to a future that is purposeful and that is tailor-made for you. Um, We want to help you discover your purpose. I don't believe that we can do it completely, but I believe we as a church can help you do that. And one of the ways we help people discover their purpose is through our Next Steps course. Our Next Steps course is built to, to help you discover who you are and how you're designed, how you're wired. We have a few different assessments that show, you know, help you see what your passions are. Help you see the things that you are most interested in. Usually, usually those things help indicate God's plan for your life. They give you some great clues to how God might want you to be fulfilling his plans for you. When you see how you're designed and when you see how you're wired passion-wise, it has a good way of indicating what God might be calling you to do. And the key word is do. I believe that God has called us all to do Something. I heard one of my mentors say, God has never called anybody to do nothing. God has never called anyone to do nothing. He has called us all to do something, which gets me to my last step of our vision that is making a difference. God wants us all to not just do stuff, but to do things that make an eternal difference in the lives of others. Uh, First, not First John, the Gospel of John. Chapter 15, I'll read verse 8, and then I'll read verse 11. It says, by this, Jesus says, my Father is glorified. This is how God the Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Bearing fruit for a Christian, when you ever see bearing fruit, it means the difference that you're making in the lives of others. The fruit that you bear is the difference that your life is making in the world around you. And the Lord is calling us not just to make a difference, but it says to bear much fruit, which means he wants our lives to make a great difference in the lives around us and the world around us. And uh, verse 11 says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy, that Jesus's joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I think it's safe to say that joy is one of the most mysterious, elusive things that so many people want but so few people know how to get and fewer people know how to keep. And I want us to understand that walking in the purpose of God and making an eternal difference through your life is the recipe for not only true joy, but lasting joy. And I want to share this with you because the world and the philosophies of of our society and even our own understanding really wants to tell us the opposite. You know, it's about if I'm going to be joyful, I got to invest in myself and I got to live for me and I have to do me and I have to serve me and think about me and that's how I'm going to get this joy. And guys, if that was the truth, then the most joyful people would be the most selfish people. But we all know that's the opposite selfish people are the most miserable people ever. If the most selfish people are the most unhappy. The people who actually have true joy are the ones whose lives are actually impacting and blessing other people. I'm telling you, I know it's counterintuitive. I know it goes against the way that you think. But the word of God lets you know the ways of the Lord. And he says, when we deny ourselves... That's actually the threshold to having full and lasting joy. And I, I would love, that's why I believe the body of Christ is so important because people don't think like this outside these walls. People don't think like this in, in normal life. We have to be around each other so that this mindset can not only sustain but to strengthen so that we can continue in walking in God's purposes for our lives. Um, Proverbs eleven twenty five. It says, "Whoever brings blessings will be enriched." Notice, whoever—not whoever receives blessings will be enriched. Whoever brings blessings, whoever shares the blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. And I, that's just a principle that we all need to hold on to. If Proverbs eleven twenty-five. The Lord is faithful to those who bless others. If you take a point and make a point to bless others with your life, the Lord will move heaven and earth to make sure that you are blessed. If you go out your way to make sure that somebody else is built up and somebody else is watered, the Lord will move heaven and earth to send somebody to water you The more I have given my heart and my life to the ministry, the more I have given my heart year by year, year by year of serving people more fully and more greater. I have been amazed at how the Lord has sent the most random, incredible people from all over the world specifically to my life to care for me and to build me up. And I'm telling you firsthand, do not be scared to bless others. The Lord knows how to get you blessed. He knows how to meet the desires of your heart. He knows how to give you what you need. You don't have to be concerned about it anymore. Let him be concerned about you, and you be concerned about his plans and his purposes. It's true. The way we make a difference here at Nashville Life is uh, team. And we ask for everyone who calls this church their home to join team. Team is how we do everything here at Nashville Life. Our ministry is done by the team. Everything from the music... To, to kids' life, to our welcoming those who greet you, the next steps, the hospitality, um, our finance team, people in the parking lot, um, our Nashville Life Youth Team, our production, our media, our life group leaders, our prayer team, and even our staff. All of us make up team. This is how the ministry happens. And and I want to share something about this because Uh, These servant leaders in our church, the ones who are on team, uh, they serve as leaders outside of these four walls as well. I want us to understand being on team is not about only serving here in church, but it's about serving in your community, serving in your workplace, serving in your family. I actually believe that serving in church, when you're on team, it really is more so the training and the developing for the way that you serve out there. I think serving in church is what builds the mindset and builds the heart and the attitude of a servant. I think when you serve in church, that's where the attitude of a servant is trained and developed so that Monday through Friday, you're walking in this servant attitude. And that servant attitude will bless your life outside of these walls. It will bless you on your job. Some of you guys, the more you become a servant, the more you'll see yourself being promoted in your jobs. The more it will bless you in your marriages. The more it will bless you in your homes. You'll Some of you guys will even see your life benefit in ways that that you thought had nothing to do with church. Because of what you allowed yourself to be trained and formed by in the house of God. Is that clear? So that's the vision of why we want people serving um, in our church so they can make a difference not only here but outside. But I do want to talk about here because our church is, like I said, it's growing. We're about to add a third service. There's going to be more people coming through these doors to experience God, to experience his love, to see what the body of Christ looks like. And the more people that are coming in, the more people we're going to need to smile and greet them and to, to be in the parking lot and direct them of where to go and to, to sing and to play, to lead them in the presence of God. The more people we're going to need in kids' life to teach them and to shape the kids and to, to love on the kids. So. The more people that are gonna come, the more people that we will need to serve. And I do believe that a lot of that more is in this room. I believe we've got a lot of people in this room who who you feel like this is your church, you like coming, but for whatever reason, you know, you haven't taken that step to, to be on team. And I just encourage you to consider yourself personally invited by me to, to be a part. You can either, some of you guys haven't been through Next Steps yet, because you you know, it's, you know, church is over and once, you know, it's hard to stick around and I, I understand that, but it's only, it's only three weeks. It's three Sundays that, that you go through for next steps. And then some of you guys have been through next steps, but you still haven't really decided where you wanna be. Um, and wherever you are in that situation, I just want you to know that you are invited and I'll go as far to say as you're needed. Um, all right, vision for the church. I wanna continue to talk more about vision. Um, there is, first of all, is everybody okay? Yeah. All right, sleep. All right, um, just making sure. Uh, let's see, the, there's, there's a few things that have become more priorities, more of a priority I should say on my heart and uh, for this year I wanted to share uh, two. One is a fact, something that I think has been uh, influenced by a couple of factors. Um, around 2020 to 2021, I'm not sure if it was all the downtime at home or what, but there was a, a somewhat of a baby boom here in our church community, and a lot of our young couples were, were starting to have children, and it was glorious. My mom has been in heaven for the past few years just seeing the kids being born in our church. And then I think also when we moved to having morning services, we have seen a great influx of young families and, and our children's, our kids' life has, you know, tripled. And uh, I think because of that, I've just seen a, a, a growing burden for us to, as a church to build strong families here in 2023. And um, each year we have been investing more time and, and more money in hiring and developing a great next generation uh, ministry. And next generation, next gen ministry really includes both Kids Life and Nashville Life youth. Um, that is our next generation ministry. And I strongly believe that, that the church has a responsibility in shaping and molding the next generation. Um, just to kind of put it frankly, I think your kids need to be in church. And I think we need to be in church a lot. <laughs> I think we need to be in church at least every week. Um, And the reason why is because of a lot of things. I think our society and our culture and and our nation, I think we've gotten to a point where we really cannot depend on culture or society to affirm biblical principles in a young person's life, which means there yeah, we can't, we can't. And there was a time that maybe we could because, I don't know, I, just, I think those days are gone. Um, and I think if, if you want your kids to have a chance of growing up to have a biblical worldview, they're going to have to have access to God's presence and his word regularly. If you want them to have any chance for it to compete with everything they're getting out there, if the word of God is going to um, be the, 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 the dominant power in their life, they're going to have to be here. (laughs) They're going to have to hear the word of God. Um, And I understand there's a lot of different things tugging at the life of a kid, but I think it's the job of the parent to make the decision that church is the priority. Um, We as a church are trying to do our part. We have uh, actually invested more time with uh, even... One thing that we did about six months ago that I'm excited about and still loving is that we've expanded our music team where we have two teams per Sunday. Every Tuesday, there's two teams rehearsing. There's two teams giving their time because we want to have a team up here leading the adults. We also want to have a team downstairs leading the kids. And that sends two messages. It sends uh, a message that the kids, to the kids that they are a priority to us because they are. And it also t- empowers them that even at their age, they have the, the ability and the right to, to praise God for themselves and to, to practice the presence of God even, and even at the age of four. Um, I believe that children have a capacity to glorify God and to worship God. I feel like sometimes they're even better at it than us. So, so, so we want to create an environment that kids feel like they're being invested in and, and I believe I've seen the fruit of it But we want to continue seeing the fruit of it but we can't do it without the parents. We can't do it unless the parents agree that this is important and make it a point to come and I want to commend all the parents who are, who are putting in the time, getting up earlier, going to bed earlier, preparing the snacks, well, all this, whatever it is that it takes to, to, to haul kids to church. Um, God bless you, and just please understand that this will, will, this will, there will be a reaping of this that will last their entire lives. Um, Please understand, like, you are investing in things they're going to be reaping from at age 40, 45. Your, your, Your kids' spouses are going to be thanking you. <laughs> for 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 allowing them to live a life where a church and the word of God and the presence of God and the saints of God is a priority um, for them uh, the same goes for the youth same goes for the students I do want to honor our buddy Matt right here who's led the team <laughs> the past <laughs> few months um, for our students that's seventh grade through high school um, and one little small thing that we've did again in the name of investing and trying and working, putting an effort. Uh, I was really proud. We took one of the back rooms, or they took one of the back rooms, and, and made this, uh, converted it and renovated it to this little black box theater where the teenagers can have their own sanctuary and our midweek services. And it's, I really love it. I really think it's cool to see. That room did not look like that. They got the lights. They got the. Amps, they've got, uh, this, yeah, it's, it's really, I love it. And they, they took it upon themselves to do it. They're like, hey, can we do, they had the whole proposal. I'm like, man, are you kidding me? Yes. So these are just a few strides that we're making to really build strong families um, in our community, in our city. So that's a big part of the vision for this year of making sure that our next generation is being properly cared for and invested in, but we can only do so much without parents uh, believing that this is important and partnering up with your church to see your kids uh, shaped for adulthood. Um, Anyway, that's the first one, and this next one is the rest of us, because I don't just think kids need to be in church, I think adults need to be in church, too. Um, And the reason why is because because of the same reasons. Um, There's so much out there trying to compete to shape the way that you think and shape the way that you feel and the way that you perceive truth and the way that you perceive yourself and the way that you see others. And unless we are... Building a discipline to put ourselves in an environment where the Word of God can can shape our lives and shape our minds, then it will be uh, the the force of the world will prove too strong to keep your footing in 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 your faith in the rhythms that you have with the Lord intact. Um, I believe we are called at Nashville Life to make resilient disciples. And the reason why I'm saying resilient disciples is because there's a lot of things that are out there trying to knock us down. And in the, I'm realizing we're in a time that unless a disciple has a degree of resilience and they know how to get back up and they know how to withstand the winds that we spent talking about last year, um, we won't finish, we won't. The, the, the wages and the, the rage, I should say, and the war um, against our souls and the world it's just too strong unless we remain. That's why the Bible says he who dwells under the shadow, who, who lives and makes the house of God his dwelling place, who stays on the path of righteousness. And, and the key word is, you know, consistency and staying and persevering, and that takes discipline. So I want to just share three disciplines that I would love for us to uh, build this year. The first discipline is the discipline to attend church. Um, It takes discipline to attend church regularly, it takes uh, intention. Uh, We can't afford to only come when we feel like it. Um, If I only did things that I felt like, I would be a monster. Um, And you would, you can't, God didn't call y'all to be pastored by a monster. He calls you to be pastored by a righteous man, a righteous person, a person with discipline. And if we don't learn how to live beyond our feelings, we're toast. So we have to build a discipline to attend church. And I think church attendance is a great way to practice doing what you don't feel like because you know that it's important, which is really what discipline is. It's doing what you need to do more than what you want to do. That's discipline in a nutshell. And God is calling us to be disciples, which means discipline People, students, disciplined students of the Lord. Um, I think I said that pretty clearly. Second discipline, discipline to do God's word. And I say do God's word because attending church, there's a lot of listening. There's a lot of hearing. And though that's important, we can't give ourselves too much credit that we sat for thirty minutes and heard things. Um, the true change doesn't happen until we graduate from listening and start doing. Uh, and so, so, so don't get me wrong. The Bible says you have to hear the word of God to receive faith. So I'm not knocking listening, but I'm trying to let you know that the word makes it clear that listening is not enough to truly see change in your life. James chapter one, verse twenty-two through twenty-five says, "But be." doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, that's where the discipline comes in. You can't persevere without discipline. Persevering means there's resistance and every bone in your body is saying stop. And if you haven't built discipline, then you will not be able to be a persevering person because that's that's really the test. If discipline shows up when you wanna stop. Discipline shows up when something else comes up that you're tempted to do instead. That's when discipline shows up. So if we, if we don't have discipline, we can't be persevering Christians. Um, it says, a law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. The Bible says that people who are not just hearers but doers will be blessed in their doings. So I want to encourage you all and give you guys a vision that God wants you to be a blessed person. Um, resilient disciples are blessed disciples. People who persevere in action live blessed lives. And I want that for all of you. I want everyone here to live a blessed life. Um, it's just so good. It's so good. God has so many amazing, mind-blowing plans and blessings for your life, but it takes perseverance and discipline to obtain them, and I pray that discipline for you. Uh, The number three thing that I'm asking that we focus on is developing discipline to make disciples. Discipline to make disciples. Um, It takes discipline to make disciples. It takes discipline to lay down your life for the well-being and for the maturity of other people, It takes discipline to realize that that act that you're doing, even though it's not wrong to you, it's causing that person to stumble, to just say, well, since I want that person to not stumble, I'm not going to do something, even though I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, that takes discipline. That takes a mindset that we just naturally don't have as human beings. We have to have the mind of Christ, the person who laid down not only, he didn't just, I mean, he laid down everything for us he laid down his rights for us he laid down um, his everything and until we adopt the mind of christ and build that discipline with the holy spirit um it'll be very difficult for us to make disciples because it's such a sacrificial life to make a disciple uh, galatians chapter 4 verse 19 paul says i love how he puts this he says my little children he considered him, he was a father in the faith so he was speaking to the church he said my little children for whom i labor in birth again until christ is formed in you and i love i just thought that was really interesting that he's comparing seeing the the nature of christ formed in a person he compares it to labor pains when you're giving birth and from what i heard that hurts um and there's a, there's a pain that comes with it. There's a discomfort that comes with it, from what I've heard. Um, and and Paul, who I'm guessing just heard it too, being a man, uh, say, says that that seeing the formation of Christ happen in us is like giving birth to a baby. Um, something that's hurts, but it's worth it. Apparently, because we keep on doing it. So 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 so. We must understand that when you say, yes, Lord, I'll make disciples, remember that Paul said that this feels like giving birth, and he says, I'm in labor uh, in birth again, so which means he did it repeatedly. He kept doing it. When he saw someone go from darkness to light, he said that was worth all the labor pains. When he saw someone go from an out of control to a disciplined life, that was worth the pain. When he sees someone go from being selfish to selfless, that was worth the pain. My prayer is that Nashville Life would be a church who would agree to go through the pain, to see someone else become like Christ which will then end up making you more like Christ. So both sides benefit because when you make disciples, it actually has a way of sanctifying you to a whole nother level. You thought you were sanctified and then the Lord calls you to make disciples and then you realize there's a whole nother realm of sanctification that you haven't even touched. So so some of us, I'm ready for you to step into that and just know that it's worth it and that there's been great men and women who've done it in the past And they lived to tell that my joy was great, my joy was full, the Lord took care of me. Um, And I believe that all of us are called to do it. I don't believe that the pastor, Nashville Life isn't a church that just thinks the pastors and the staff are the ones called to make disciples. Um, The Bible tells us that the pastor and the staff, we're really just meant to equip you to make disciples. Like the Bible says that the pastors and the teachers and the apostles, we're here to equip you and give you the tools for you to do the work of the ministry. So we're more so equippers for you to feel empowered to go out there and minister and make disciples. Um, we don't subscribe to the church being the ones who sit and listen and that's it. We actually think you guys are the ministers. We're the equippers ministering to you so that you can go and minister to all the people that, that don't know us. There's a lot of people who know you that don't know me. There's a lot of people who will listen to you that won't listen to me because you have a relationship with them. So you have to understand the Lord is trying to empower you to make disciples. And the way you do that is actually a lot more practical and natural than you think. A lot of times we get very intimidated by the call of God in our lives and we think that we have to just sell everything and start walking in the desert barefoot to be godly. And, like, we just have these very romantic ideas of what it means to be a minister. I've got to just just drink water and eat dry wheat, and then I'm going to be holy, or I got to start talking in the King James language, and then I'll be holy. We have so many crazy preconceptions about what it's like, but the Lord is telling us that's not the case. I love this in the book of uh, the message bible in the message bible romans 12 verse 1 through 2 is going to help a lot of you guys guys out those of you who have been complicating this thing and making it way more lofty than it's got to be romans 12 1 through 2 says so here's what i want you to do god helping you take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping you're eating you're going to work you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Guys, you don't have to reach outside your everyday normal life. Just take the everyday normal, boring, mundane things that you do and make it an offering to God. And what will happen is when you're ordinary, regular, going to work, Going to Starbucks, going when when your normal life is placed at the altar and is offered to God, then the Lord will breathe His Spirit on your ordinary life, and He will produce extraordinary things from your ordinary life. That's really what it is to be a believer. We don't—it's taking your normal self and offering it to God, and letting Him put His spice on it. Letting him put his fire on it, his purity on it, his anointing on it. And then you'll see your ordinary life produce extraordinary results. That's, and that I want to, to liberate you all today. That yes, there's a divine calling on your life. But it's a lot more normal than you think. If you just take yourself and make it all an offering to God, he will amaze you what he's able to do. I mean, look, I mean, your ordinary life is basically the two fish and the five loaves. Think of your life as five pieces of bread and two fish. Not much to be impressed about, but when it's offered to the Lord and he blesses it, that two fish and five loaves will feed over 5,000 people. Look at your life as just a a little bit of oil and some flour. Not much. But when it's offered to God in obedience, that little oil and flour was able to change an entire family and and bless, like, when normal things are given to God, he does his thing with it. And it becomes so much greater than what it was before. So, please, don't, don't throw your shoes away. Don't start walking around barefoot. Don't, don't change the way you talk. Now, if you swear and stuff, yes, change sweet. <laughs> but like, don't change, like, don't start talking like this now, because I'm godly. No, just take your normal voice, offer it to God, and he will take your normal self, your level of education, your personality type. He will take, your for your introverts, you can still be chill, but have fire on your life. For you extroverted ones, you can still be wild and still have the peace of God on your life. He will, he will even you out. He will make you like him. So, so that's what we want to see. We want to see a bunch of normal people do some glorious things. That's, that's the vision of Nashville life. Normal people doing some glorious things. Extraordinary things because of the anointing of God on their life. And then that's that's really us in a nutshell. Um amen. All right, that is the the vision, and I I want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to say to say yes to Jesus today. Um, you might be coming in and you don't identify as being a Christian. And I want you to give you an I want to give you an opportunity to, to make that choice, to say yes to Jesus and start a relationship with God, um, to start that first step of knowing God. Some of you guys might be, I'm a Christian, but Jesus has really been put on the back seat in my priority list. He's no longer a primary passion for me anymore. Today is your opportunity to, to renew that commitment, to refresh that commitment to Jesus, and he will make it feel like you just started. It'll, he'll, he'll refresh your life to where it'll feel like a brand new start. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning, every day. So if you need that new mercy today, if you need that new encounter today, then today is your opportunity. Um, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask us all to stand. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your presence, God. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to make a choice to follow you, Jesus. I want to uh, thank you for giving us this opportunity to come to your throne of grace and uh, receive your mercy, Lord, to receive your forgiveness, Lord, to... to be born again, Lord, you actually give us the opportunity to be born again, Lord, to say goodbye to the old, to embrace a new future, a new destiny, a new identity, a new calling. God, I thank you because I can feel just even a fraction of your love for this room. Lord, and those watching online, I know that there's a lot of love that you have for the people in this room. God, and I just pray that your love would touch their hearts in a way where they are inspired to take another step towards you, God. Another step away from their own way and their own ways of thinking and a closer step to you and your way and the way that you think and the way that you act, God. Um, I thank you, Lord, that you called us just the way we are. Lord, but you have the power to transform us from the inside out. You can take our hearts of stone and give us a heart of flesh that is soft. God, you can take our confused, entangled, scrambled minds and give us a sound mind that is clear and that is at peace and that is sound. God, I thank you for your power, and I just pray, Lord, that all of us would encounter it with open hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, I'm gonna lead us in a quick prayer. Um, If you say this and you believe it, and you allow yourself to say it out loud, I believe that supernaturally something will happen in you. And it starts on the inside first, so you might not see anything external uh, initially, because it starts on the inside. But if you protect it and you allow it to continue to grow, before long, it'll start coming and showing externally in the way that you live and think, the way that you carry yourself, the way you treat people. It'll start to come out and that's when it gets so fun and it gets so encouraging to know that God's power is actually working inside you. But it has to start with you confessing Jesus. It has to start with you receiving his son. So repeat these words after me and uh, I'm excited. Say, Father, In the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus... I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you're grateful for his mercy and his grace, let's just lift up a sound of thanks. You can clap. You can say hallelujah. You can say thanks. You can say woo. Whatever it is, make a sound. God is worthy. He is worthy. Um, if you say yes to the Lord Jesus, we've got a prayer team that's going to be here to serve you. We want to just support you so that you can take the next steps. Um, we'll just, we won't keep you long. We just want to pray for you. So if you said yes to the Lord, and or if you need prayer, let's say you were already a Christian, but you need prayer for something, This team is here to pray for you. So on your way out, just come up and uh, introduce yourself, and we'll pray a prayer with you. You can also text the word BELONG to 77411. It doesn't mean that you're joining the church. It just means that you're connecting with us. We'll reach out to you. We'll tell you that uh, we love you, and we'll give you some resources, some scriptures that will help you start this journey with Jesus. Um, We also have Next Steps. That starts next week. Um. Today we won't have next steps. We're having our family meeting with our annual report. So if you um, attend Nashville Life and you would like to hear more about how we're doing and what's going on financially and just even with the organization, please come back at the end of second service around 1230, 1245 and we'll we'll meet here in the sanctuary. Um, I'm grateful for y'all. Uh, I'm gonna pray a dismissal and then I'm going to give y'all one more note. Uh, Father, I thank you for everyone who's here. I pray a blessing on them in Jesus' name, God. I pray, Lord, for your Spirit to continue to take them to the next step, so they can keep persevering and moving forward in their plan and your plans for their life. Uh, bless every family. Bless every parent. Bless every uh, married person. Bless every unmarried person. Lord, bless us all in all of our seasons of life. God, you have something miraculous for us in the present day season. God, so I pray that on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're dismissing, but I said I was going to share uh, what we are going to be doing in the spring service-wise. So let's get a drum roll or something. All right, so, wow. Our service times that we're gonna start in the spring, based off of your results and our talks, is uh, the first one will be at 8.30. The next one will be at 10. And the last one will be at 11.45. So, our new service times are 8.30, 10. 11.45, and our launch date will be none other day than Easter Sunday, April the 9th. April the 9th, we're going to kick off three services, and uh, we'll talk more about that at the family meeting, but have a good rest of your day. Enjoy these two services, because April 9th, we're moving to three. Have a good one.